When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over the last 15 years, Apple's iPhone has proven to be a game changer in many ways, transforming the smartphone industry, the app economy, and how we live our lives. But what's next? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me is CNET mobile expert Lisa Evjiko, who looked at some of the upcoming tech driving Apple's flagship phone as part of our series looking at the 15th anniversary of the iPhone. Welcome, Lisa. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me. So the iPhone has certainly made its mark since it launched 15 years ago on Wednesdays. Talk about all the ways it's changed things. Yeah, so when it comes to the iPhone, I think the biggest way it's changed things is, you know, it's re- it really kind of set the standard for the modern smartphone. Um, you know, before the iPhone, smartphones looked a lot different. Um, they were barely smartphones, if you can believe it. Um, you know, they had keyboards, they had smaller screens. Um, they, they didn't rely exclusively on touch the way that the iPhone does. I mean, maybe some of them did, but nobody really executed it the way Apple did in terms of getting the software to work well with the touch screen. So, you know, I think the biggest changes are really, you know, the changes that we saw from the modern smartphone, like, you know, like you mentioned, the app economy and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's probably the, the biggest uh, impact that the iPhone has had. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that it, it helped popularize the notion that or the, the trend that your phone was not something that you would actually use to make phone calls with. Right. Like it seems like you do everything but make phone calls at this point. Right. Cause, because it could do so much more. Yeah, exactly. The iPhone definitely popularized that. And I think you know, phones were starting to go in that direction before the iPhone. Um, you know, BlackBerry played a big role in that. Palm played a role in that. Um, you know, phones like the the T-Mobile Sidekick, you know, these phones that got you used to the idea that, you know, we'd be typing on our phones just as much as we'd be speaking into them. Um, you know, we, there, there was this shift happening where people were starting to use their phones for things like email and, and the internet and listening to music. Um, and we had like specific phones that were designed for those tasks. Like I mentioned, BlackBerry was really started with the enterprise crowd. And you also had, you know, phones that were designed to be like MP3 players. But yes, the iPhone was the device that combined all of those things into one. So, you know, the company isn't always the first to introduce new technology, even though it likes to say it's the first to do this or that. It really isn't always first, but it does do a lot to drive some of those technologies into the mainstream. Just give me an example over the last 15 years of some of those trends and what it's driven and, and how things have kind of evolved since it first came out 15 years ago. Yeah, there are a lot of things, um, you know, in terms of like bigger technologies, definitely tablets and smartwatches, um, you know, not Precisely, not directly related to the iPhone, but pretty close to it because a lot of the appeal of those devices kind of stems from the iPhone in the first place, right? Um, So, you know, Apple didn't make the first smartwatch or the first tablet, but it definitely popularized those categories. And then as it relates to kind of smaller technologies and features that we've seen on the iPhone, I definitely think 
Um, the removal of the headphone jack is one um, that was really contentious yeah. when that happened in 2016. A lot of people had mixed feelings about it. Um, some people probably still do. Um, you know, Apple was the first to do that. And before long, you know, Samsung and all of these other smartphone makers were doing that too. Um, so yeah, I would say those are the first things that come to mind. Got it. And you know, looking ahead to the next 15 years, what's next for the iPhone? Yeah, so I think what's next for the iPhone, you know, there, there's a few things. Um, you know, one, I think we're going to see a continuation of the trends that we're seeing today of the iPhone kind of being at the center of all of these other accessories you use, like AirPods and Apple Watches and, you know, maybe your smart home speaker and smart home devices. You know, those products have been around for a little while, but they're, you know, becoming really popular now. Um, and I think we're only going to see more of that in the future. And, you know, I, I think I, I might have even mentioned this last time we spoke too, but I, I also think the new, um, you know, version of CarPlay that Apple showed at WWDC is another sign of that. Um, it seems heavily based on the iPhone. Um, and in terms of specific technologies, you know, a lot of the experts I spoke with seem to think that LiDAR is going to continue to be a big deal. Um, right now, I think it's kind of like an extra that, you know, people like having, but probably wouldn't buy an iPhone because of that. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're going to see Apple do a lot more with it in the coming years, um, especially when it comes to augmented reality and and more photography features and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say those are the big things and just more features that, okay. yeah, use artificial intelligence and stuff like that. And uh, going back to the LiDAR, just in terms of, uh, just for our listeners, if you just give us some context, like what, what exactly is LiDAR and, and what are some of those, you know, AR and photography applications that you see, you know, either developers or Apple itself using when it comes to, or taking advantage when it comes to LiDAR technology? Yeah, so LiDAR stands for light detection and ranging, and basically it, it helps the iPhone measure depth. Um, so the ways that we're really seeing that today are, you know, in augmented reality apps, like certain games will use the LiDAR sensor to, you know, um, you know, make it look like it's kind of projecting certain elements of the game on uh, the surfaces around you. Um, it also lets yeah. your iPhone work as a digital tape measure, which is pretty useful. Um, and then other than AR, I think the camera is the other big place that we see it. Um, it's it's the reason why the pro iPhones can take, um, you know, night mode uh portrait mode photos at night. And then also we're seeing Apple do some uh, accessibility uh, things with, with LiDAR as well, um, like people detection, which, um, you know, is, is aimed at, you know, users who are blind or living with visual impairments and um, it helps them, you know, it, the iPhone can basically use the LiDAR sensor to tell when there are other people nearby. Um, and there's some other ones too, but uh, I, I would say those are probably the big ones. Right. And, and in your story, you talk about display tech as well. Obviously, Samsung and a number of others have jumped out of the gate with these foldable phones. Where, where does sort of Apple sit with that? Do you see a foldable iPhone in the near future? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I'm sure they're experimenting with it. I wouldn't be surprised. But I think there's a lot of skepticism, skepticism excuse me, on whether or not we will actually see a foldable iPhone for a few reasons. One, um, you know, it, it's just hard to create a screen that's truly made of glass and is still foldable. And, uh, you know, Apple sticks out to me as being a company that, that wouldn't want to compromise on that. And, 
Um, also, you know, even though sales are, are growing, it still feels kind of early. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of companies are still kind of proving the case for a foldable phone and, and what really makes them useful. And they're also still really expensive, too. So I think that that's another aspect of it as well. So there are a lot of challenges, but, um, you know, Apple does have some patents for phones with foldable screens and, and wraparound screens. So it seems like it's something that they're thinking about. But I think uh, the jury's out on whether Apple will actually uh, release one. Got it. And what about charging tech? Yeah, so um, I think this is an area where we will probably see some changes in the coming years. Um, you know, Lightning has been the main charger on the iPhone for like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of pressure from the EU uh, for Apple to change that in uh, 2024, I believe. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to definitely see a you know, a move in that direction towards USB-C, especially since, you know, some of Apple's other products already use it, like, you know, the Mac and, you know, certain iPad models. Um, but, you know, there's also been a lot of rumors about a completely portless iPhone that have been swirling for years. And to be honest, I don't think it sounds that crazy. I mean, we know Apple loves to minimize technology and and get rid of things before other companies do. Um, You know, wireless charging has been available on iPhones for years and years. You know, a lot of, um, you know, newer, uh, there's a lot of like newer technologies and products for, you know, connecting your iPhone wirelessly to things like in CarPlay and, you know, Apple's MagSafe uh, wireless chargers. So it wouldn't be too surprising. I don't think we'll see it anytime super soon, but, um, you know, maybe 2024 and and beyond, I I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. Got it. Um, That is, I know there's definitely been some other phones that have tried the portless idea. It's an interesting concept, but I imagine a lot of people will be freaked out by that. Uh, it's funny that we're talking about sort of innovation in iPhones because, I mean, frankly, the iPhone over the last few years has gotten a little boring, I would say. I mean, you're only seeing modest improvements to things like battery and camera quality each year. Certainly better, but not necessarily mind-blowing. I'm curious what you, what you think about that. Yeah, and you know what? I think you're right. Um, but I, I think it's mostly because of the way the industry has matured, you know, like smartphones aren't new anymore. I've been covering smartphones for about 10 years and it's, you know, they were in a much different place, obviously, 10 years ago. And I think back then you still had the, you know, people are going to line up around the block to get their hands on the newest iPhone yeah. and you're going to see something totally new that you haven't seen before. And the idea of a phone with a giant screen and like a voice assistant was like crazy and new. But these are all things that we've had forever. Um, well, it feels like forever at least. And, um, I, you know, I think it's just I think a lot of the more exciting changes are more on the inside and, and w- with what the processors can do and things like that. Um, and it's also more about like the different like services and accessories that you use with your phone. Um, so I think at this point, um, that's where we're seeing a lot more of the innovation and that's why it can feel like things are a bit boring. Um, but yeah, I don't know with all of this experimentation and foldables, you know, whether Apple does that or not, I, I definitely feel like we're on the cusp of like some big like design changes in the future, which, you know, could be interesting. And I think that'll get people excited again. And do you think it's those design changes or is there something else that excites you or you think you will will excite you about really not just iPhones, but smartphones in general? Because you noted it's generally all mature at this point. I mean, do you think that excitement will ever come back? You know, it's hard to say. Uh, 
for me, what makes me excited about a new phone is if there's like something cool I can do on it that I haven't been able to do before. And I think that's some of the examples that we saw years ago where it's like if you had, you know, the iPhone 5, you had a bigger screen than before. And if you had the 4S, you had Siri for the first time. And, you know, with the 6 and the 6 Plus, again, they changed the screen. And again, with the iPhone 10. So I, I only say like design because I do feel like the size of the screen and like the nature of the screen does dictate a lot of what you can do with the device. So I think that's why people tend to get more excited about that, that and the camera. But I I do think cameras are reaching a point where it's like, they already do so much that it's hard to imagine (laughs) how they can get even better, especially if you're not really a photographer and you're just casually taking photos. Um, You know, I, I, I think, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's what would make me excited. Some kind of big change to the screen or or the design that really makes me feel like I can do something different with my phone that I couldn't do before. Um, which again is where foldables come into play. But that use case does have to be super interesting and compelling or else it's going to, you know, feel like a gimmick. Got it. Well, Lisa, thank you for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.